Hello, this is Rex, and this is the Wild Only Podcast, coming out of Newport Beach, California. Today I thought I'd do a video, log, whatever you want to call it, uh, podcast log, and just give the listeners an update on what I've been up to, what kind of fishing, what kind of hunting I've been doing. Today's Sunday, um, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hope you all stayed safe and didn't drink too much and didn't eat. Well, I did hope you eat too much. Um, had a good Thanksgiving. I set out to Yucca Valley Thursday morning and got a little hunting in. Uh, the family lives on uh, borderline Joshua Tree National Park. There's some BLM lamb within 10 minutes of their house, so kind of a privilege to uh, have parents out there with a house to relax after a nice hunt. The type of hunting that I'm doing out there is jackrabbit, cottontail, possibly dove and quail. And the reason why I say possibly, it seems like out there the water sources are all going to be in town. It's a very dry desert, high desert, and elevations I think is like over 3,500 or 4,000 feet, something like that. So um, it's a pretty green desert, being that it's a high desert. Um, not much water. And these birds just, they know. They're smart. They, they know that people are going to be out there shooting. So they like to stay within city limits. Um, tons of quail in, inside town, though. So with that, um, I was successful. Um, one of the mornings I went out. Um, got out there around sunrise and realized that the rabbits don't really like to get up until the sun is actually hitting the ground, not just coming up. And around that time, I took a few shots at the jackrabbit, um, quickly realizing why there's no bag limit on them. Not only are they non-native, they're non-natives, but they are fast and they are hard to kill. So there is no bag limit on them. Um, came across a cottontail. Still a fast little guy. Um, got him with my uh, over under 16 gauge. It's pretty fun. It's an old badass shotgun that I got, and I really like it. It's it's a fun it's a fun gun to use. Uh, what I did with that, uh, preparing the meat, um, skinned it, um, gutted it, put it on a smoker for about three hours realizing then that it was getting very tough and you know being not like the most experienced hunter out there I mean I'm very new to hunting if you really want to put it on paper but um, I have a big drive for it and spearfishing has just got me so into the outdoorsman side and that's why I'm on this podcast obviously because none of you lazy motherfuckers want to do this part of the act uh, part of it is recording and putting media out there and I want to get as many people involved as I can. So back to cooking the cottontail. The smoking side of it was drying out the meat. And I was kind of expecting that. I didn't uh, uh, put the, the meat into salt water for a day or two, letting it um, you know, drain out and uh, loosening up the meat. So um, with that, I went ahead and took the meat off of the grill, off the, out of the smoker, and what I did then was pull off all the meat, shred it up, and 
threw it into some hot water on low for about another hour. Man, it was so good. Threw a little Brussels sprouts in there, um, a little bit of flour to thicken it up, some brandy, some heavy whipping cream. Oh, man. There's nothing like rabbit stew. So from now on, um, for those of you who are trying to get into small game, I do recommend that the rabbit is put into a stew. It is. Uh, I have yet to figure out how to put it over a flame and keep those juices juices in the meat. Um, so that was Thanksgiving time. Um, it, we also had a great Thanksgiving with the family. There was a bunch of fun, a bunch of yelling at each other, you know, typical uh, family holiday time. Um, <clears throat> what else is new? Diving. So lobster for me is going to be back on the menu. Um, I had some trouble with my previous wetsuit and it just, it's very hard to get the right fit for an open cell wetsuit of spearfishing. Um, any divers know uh, the inner material is made out of a neoprene, which is a very sticky kind of rubber, and you have to use a lubricant just to put it on. So think of when someone rubs their shoe on your leg hair and it chafes and feels like it's going to rip hair out. That's the feeling you get entirely trying to put on one of these wetsuits without lubricant. But keep you very warm. It's the warmest wetsuits I know out there for diving. Now, Yazbek was known for a great fit for people that are lengthy and tall, which is me. I'm six foot and 170 pounds. So um, someone recommended that they have a 54 meter or 54, size 54, large, tall. So we're going to give that a shot. Um, I've, this has always been a dream wetsuit of mine because these wetsuits are $500. They're built very well. And I'm going to let you guys know in the future how, when it comes in the mail, um, how it fits, how it works. I'll give a review on Yazbek. These guys are located in Redondo Beach, California. So if you're a local in Southern California, be sure to check them out. In no way am I affiliated with them, but they got some dope wetsuits. And check out for their sales because they were running the best Black Friday sale I could see out there. And that's why I went with them. Their whole website was 50% off, so those you missed out sucks, but maybe next year um, they'll run it again. Lobster. Lobster's back on the menu. I'm excited. Um, on the way home from Yucca Valley, uh, I decided I was with a friend named Jason. Um, he's also uh, getting into hunting as well. So we decided to go check out some spots um, over by the Windmills and Morongo Casino up in the mountains. Um, there is a uh, couple of there's a couple of streams up there, kind of like a white white water rapid. You know, being in Southern California, there's just not that much water sources. So um, we were just trying to, you know, scope out some new spots. And the more I'm realizing um, Southern California land and um, landlocked public land, it's, it's just a big problem of hunting and it kind of drives people away from the sport. Um, many times you'll try you'll find something on google maps you say oh this spot looks great there's water there's trees there's resources for the animals you drive up and then what do you know five miles away from where your location you want to get to uh, there's a block in the road because of for whatever reason and typically it's private land blocking public land but um you have to look at it in a uh 
in a bright perspective because there's 23 million people in Southern California or more than that, something like that. Um, being there are a lot of hunters that makes it less, I mean, you know, just not enough game for how many people are out here, how many hunters are out here. So you have to look at it in the bright side that these public lands are blocking, um, uh, private land is blocking these public lands, making it harder to access these areas. But with that, you know, having to hike four and a half, five miles to go to your destination to hunt where there's game um, makes it that much better because you know 90% of hunters aren't going to make that four and a half mile hike. So the way that I discovered yesterday, I found a really good spot. Um, There's quail and dove. And the way that I used is this app that a friend referred me to, and it's called OnX Hunt. It's an application for mapping out hunting spots. And the the main idea of it is knowing what kind of land you're on. And with a GPS on the app, you can literally see exactly what kind of land you're on, who owns it, where you're at, if it's public, if it's BLM, um, just an all around great app. And you can find ways to get around the private land and that is just a key source. So if you are looking to find some new hunting spots, be sure to check out on X Hunt app. What else is new? Um, previously, two weeks ago, um, just doing my you know two week update on what I've been up to. This was a pretty fun experience. Um, I had met because yeah, I am in the construction business. I met a an electrician who built his own boat and he was a cool guy and invited me him and some friends and we went fishing in La Jolla this is in San Diego California um we were looking for yellowtail it's late in the season it's colder water they're out there but today they that day they didn't bite at all so but we had a great day of bonita fishing and I'm, you know, I'm not the uh, deep sea fisherman, but you know, I hold my own because I, I know all the species down here due to spear fishing. Um, but line fishing, you know, I'm still kind of amateur at. But that's where you got to start to get good. Um, the bonita, we probably hooked about 25, 30 fish that day, and we threw back primarily all of them. Um, I went ahead and took three home, good size bonita. Um, there were little dogs, man. They were juicy meat and a lot of meat on them. These Bonita, uh, it's, you know, the, the, the fisherman, you know, hunter. Oh, this trash fish. This is, you know, poor man's tuna, blah, blah, blah. It's a bunch of bullshit. What, what the problem is with the Bonita that a lot of people make mistake it, mistakes with is that they catch these fish. They catch a bunch of them and they try it one time. They don't bleed them out. They don't take care of the meat. They catch a bulk of them, like 20, bring it home. They forget to bleed them. Uh, I don't know what what they do wrong, but... I don't know. They're doing something wrong because it's a delicious fish. It's a, I could put it right next to yellowtail. It is delicious. So the way that we did it was, um, <clears throat> of course we, um, he had the cooler. His name's Dan. He had a um, a cooler built into his boat and uh, cycles fresh salt water through in and out of the cooler cleaning the fish letting it bleed not just so it's just stagnant water in there um so bleeding is number one with the bonita as soon as you catch it you want to cut his gills um get the blood out 
Second, put some ice on it. It's pretty standard. Very standard. Third, don't cook it. Because a lot of them send to sear, sear the meat. And they don't eat it. A lot of the guy, the fishermen that I was with, I seared the meat. And I put it, made a little poke bowl. It just didn't, it had that funky taste. And I see why the fishermen don't enjoy it. But what I did instead was just made sashimi out of it. You know, every time I'd go to any get-together in the last two weeks with some friends, having beers, just slice those up into little quarter-inch, inch-and-a-half pieces of meat, try to make it look pretty. Presentation is everything with the raw meat. Man, they're trying it every single every single get-together that I brought it to. It was cleared up. I could have said it was yellowtail to, you know, most of these fishermen. They don't fucking know. So, moral of the story is... Try Bonita Sashimi. I'm probably get a lot of hate for this, but um, sift through it and try it out and see what you think, not what other people say. Deer season 2015 or two, <laughs> deer season 2017. I was hunting in D15 zone. This is the most populated area in California. Trying to hunt. Um, Luckily, I do have some access to a private road to public land. Um, it is an equestrian area, or it's an equestrian neighborhood up in the mountains of uh, Orange County. And, you know, I figured it would be cool to get a mule deer right here in the area that I grew up of Orange County. Growing up, I used to always see them riding dirt bikes up in the fire trails where you're not supposed to, but, um, you know, being a young little badass or wannabe badass, that's what I would see. And I always had, like, wanted to take a mule deer in the area that I grew up. And what do you know? A couple years down the road, I do have access to it. So I'm not going to build up the story. I didn't get, uh, take a deer this year. Um, and the reason for that is because it's freaking hard. Um, now, did I have some close encounters with deer? Yes. I saw probably over the season, I want to say four mature, two mature deer. I mean, these are talking mature for Orange County. Three by three blacktails and one two by two blacktail and several females chasing these deer down they're very skittish and had a few close calls the season is just so closed in for rifle down here it's about 30 days long so um was unsuccessful but learned a lot and i do recommend it man if you want to burn some calories get up in those mountains man that deer will make you fucking walk i probably covered about 40 miles this season just you know sitting up on hills looking through uh binoculars building blinds trying a lot of different ways you know and um any recommendation out of everything i learned was prep 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 before the season starts i was last minute that's what what i believe that was why i didn't take a deer this year you really need to get out there and find out what these deer are doing because i you'll find tracks you'll find fresh poop but you know, you you never know. There's a lot of hunters out there. They're hunted heavy. They're skittish. They're in the bushes, and they know you're out there. 
And when you see fresh poop, there's a good chance that that deer has already been taken. That was poop from a couple days ago, something like that. Um, yeah, so that's it. Um, go get a mule deer. With that, um, scoping out deer, I did come across a bird uh, that I've never seen or recognized before. Um, the season is coming up for them. The, I believe the season's only about eight days long. Um, this is called the bantail pigeon. I've always seen it in hunting, you know, regulations and seasons and openers. And I always thought that the bantail pigeon was just the typical pigeon that you would see, you know, eating garbage and eating cigarette butts. But this pigeon has the identical features of, or I want to say not features, shapes. It has the shape of a dove. So think of a Eurasian collared dove. It's a larger size um, dove. These bantail pigeons have that exact beak, the exact head, the body, the breast, slightly bigger than um, a morning dove. And I noticed I was looking because I said, oh, there's some doves. And I was going through an oak grove, you know, going, going looking for blacktail. These birds, the way you can tell the difference that they aren't a dove is their beak, their feet, and their eyes. And their neck. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of things, but when you see the shape of a bantail pigeon, look it up. It's It almost looks like an exotic pigeon dove. Um, it has the features of a you know gray body. Uh, the neck is uh, has that abalone uh, ring around its neck. The beak is a yellow. It's a yellow beak with a tint of orange, and the feet are the same as well. The eyes are red with a red um, kind of... Uh, flappy skin around its eyes similar to a, a, a pheasant um man it could be easily mistaken for a dove because when you you know you're hunting dove they can be in shaded areas on you know in an oak grove up in the trees so always be sure when you're hunting down here make sure that it is a bantail pigeon um the hunting season on them is december 16th i believe to the december 23rd it's a very small window very high recommended to hunt them um, during the season. A great tasting bird. So um, just a little thing I learned, and maybe I could pass on this knowledge so you don't make the mistake of shooting one. All right, so that is my update of what I've been up to, the video podcast log. Well, there is no video, so it's just a podcast log. Um, again, my name is Rex, and this is the Wild Only Podcast. Make sure to share this with your friends who are kind of uh, looking to get into the outdoors or maybe into the outdoors, and they want to learn some new things because I am not a linear person. I am trying everything there is, fishing, spearfishing, hunting, mostly bird watching right now, but <laughs> check it out. All right, guys, you take care. Happy holidays.